Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me again for this week is JD. How are you, mate? How do you enjoy our first enduro race of the season? Oh, I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. Uh, the enduro race was was pretty good, yeah. It was, it was good to see uh, quite a few of the Super 2 drivers stepping up in the main game and doing a pretty good job. Um, we had some interesting weather over the weekend, which made How things exciting. How crazy was it? I know. Talk about like Melbourne and it's four seasons in a day. We had hail, rain shine all on the Saturday. Yep. At least it was nice and clear for the Sunday. Yep. And the and the weather on the Friday didn't act like the practice didn't really like go over into the how the qualifying sessions and stuff were going to be. It was much colder on Saturday. So oh. that was pretty interesting and and we obviously had one of my favorite uh Formula 1 rounds of the year, the, the Singapore. Singapore Grand Prix. Mm. Um so that was pretty cool to watch too. Yeah, the Singapore was really good. I like I love the night race and it just I've known a little bit more about Singapore since, you know, traveling, there traveling, being yeah, there a yeah. couple of times. And you're like, I know where this is now. Yeah. Like before you're like, I didn't know where it was. But now I'm like, yeah, that's the big bridge you take over to go to the airport and you keep going that way. And yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was great. Well, we'll jump straight into the news. Unless you've got any local, no local racing. No, nothing. Nothing's nothing happened, I want it? to talk about. No, nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, it's quietening down up here at the moment. It is, because we're about to get into our stinky, hot, wet season. Yes, it's true. Do you have any news? What is going to happen with Esteban Ocon? So, the Toto Wolf has come out this week. Well, this weekend, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. Uh, basically rubbishing the other teams and saying that he had deals sort of on the table for Ocon... Uh, I think he said back in August or July, and the other teams have taken them all off the table now. So that was, I guess it's not really news, but it, it kind of is, no, I guess. Yeah, we can talk about this, to be honest. It's, everything else is all Well, it's all, it's, it's all very similar to that, all the news at the moment that's out there. I think it's going to be, a, I mean, I know I'm saying exactly what everyone's been talking about all week. Is It's going to be a shame because he's probably going to lose his seat, and he shouldn't. Well, yeah, I think he's probably lost his seat as of maybe, you know. But do you see what Christian Horner said? Maybe Toto needs to put his hand in his pocket and buy a team? Well, and I think he's not just saying buy a team. He needs to pay for him to secure a seat at the worth, at like at the very least. Um, so Christian Horner come out with that big statement, basically pointing the finger at them, saying, I think maybe there was going to be a sort of deal for him to go to Toro Rosso or something, and that might have been taken away. And there might have been talks with Ferrari about Sauber, and this is the whole uh, him pointing the finger at other teams, pulling the, their He really needs to go to a Mercedes-supported well, team. There was, so there was rumours people were saying, well, really, shouldn't Ocon maybe walk away from Toto being his manager? Because Toto Wolf is his manager, yeah. Um, because it's kind of restricting him on where he can go. So he's obviously got Force India, Racing Point Force India. He's got Williams, um, and he's got Mercedes. But he's Mercedes st- are all signed up, so he can't really go there. He can't, cannot go there. Williams is a pretty big backward step at the moment, so he he's going to lose a, a a good seat. So and um, he probably doesn't have any choice if he doesn't get some backing and go to Williams, he's probably going to be without a seat. Mm. And it's just, it is really unfortunate because you've got these really good drivers and then you've got people like Ericsson that's still going to stay there. Well, and you've got people like Danny Kvyat that looks like he's in the running to have a Toro Rosso seat oh, again. Oh, no, Kvyat's had done his time. Yes, yeah, so there's rumours that he's signed another deal. Did you hear the rumours that Mick Schumacher might... was? 
looking at coming into it, but he even he was like, "No, nah, I think I should do Formula Two first or F two, yeah, before he um jumps up into F one." Well, there's apparently there's about ten drivers on the shortlist for um the Toro Rosso seats, uh, so that that will be interesting to see what happens there. Do you think Hartley's going to stay? No, I think he's gone. Unfortunately, think he's for gone. Hartley. Yeah, both. So they replaced both drivers. Both drivers. Yep. Mm, that's pretty big. Like, I think, yeah, Hartley's had a tough season. The main rumour is Danny Kvyat's back, um, and he's already signed a deal. Wasn't he a Ferrari test driver? Yep, and he's now no longer a Ferrari test driver, so they've done some sort of deal with Ferrari for that. I doubt it was a very big deal, because I doubt he was doing that much other than driving in simulators, doing testing for them. But still, um, yeah, it's, it's big news for him to be able to make his way back into Formula 1, even though he'd been dropped by Red Bull. That's... Um, mm. It's huge. We'll have to wait and Danny, see if the anything. Torpedo Kvyat yeah, might be back. We'll, there you we'll go. We'll have to see if something gets confirmed, but all right. it's all rumours. Everything's rumours. Well, let's jump into the Super 2 race. Well, the Super 2 round. Let's just jump into the round. Okay, one, neither around. one of us got a point this weekend because I don't think anyone thought Brody Kostecki was going to do a clean sweep this weekend. I know. What a standout weekend for him over this whole year. you really got to just... Take your hat off to him. Yeah. He, he come he out of nowhere. He did a fantastic job. He was, this is his first season in the new machinery. Yeah, well, apparently this was his first round. Uh, from what I read, it was his first season. Yeah, okay. He was did a season last year in an old, I think it was a Falcon that run yep. by Matt Stone. Yeah, he this had the old moved into, then. but like, because his old, like, I think Kurt's old man has gone and bought all new, like last year's Triple Eight Falcon, uh, Commodores. Yeah. Um, made the new race team and stuff like that. So this is his first season. It was his first round definitely on softs. It was a lot of the guys first running on the soft tires. Yeah, yeah. And they're also testing a new transaxle too. Were they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, by a different manufacturer. I can't remember off the top of my head, but apparently they're in running to replace the current supplier whose contract runs out at the end of the year. Yeah. So okay. they're doing some different testing there. But do you think Super 2 should run on the softs? Um, it, it's an interesting thought. I guess it comes down to tire life and whatnot and not needing to do pit stops in races and what so some tracks with abrasive surfaces they you know the the pit lane's not set up to take pit stops for super twos although a lot of them are kind of uh racing alongside other other racing teams they can't use their booms and yeah, stuff yeah. so it does make it very hard but yeah definitely for these rounds that they can get 20 laps out of a soft tire and have a decent length race I'm all for them racing on the softs Maybe Perth, where they're struggling to get through a race on tyres and they're having to do tyre management already on the hearts. Yeah, probably you wouldn't not. do it, no. Nah. So, yeah, and I definitely... I think it, it made it really good. It was interesting, especially on the Sunday, where I think Brody learned... Because he blasted out through the field, had a good lead, and then towards the end of it, I think there was a safety car, brought everyone back, and he was sort of struggling on the tyres, the, the and he had the likes of Paul Dumbrell, who, you know... We only saw how good he was in the main game. Yeah. Um, just sort of like really reeling him in. But man, Brody did a fantastic job. I was really impressed with him. Yeah, I think over the whole weekend as a whole, he was probably the, the standout driver from Super 2, which is uh, a big thing for him being only so fresh in Super 2 mm. compared to a lot of the guys in the same machinery as him. I think it was the top seven drivers, only him and Kurt, I think, didn't have a, like a drive in the endurance rounds at on the final race there you go yeah, they were all well experienced drivers and he was holding them off like murphy and that had nothing but praise for him 
Yeah, he did a great job. So, um, hands to get, and he also did in really tricky conditions on the Saturday race when it was wet and slippery and stuff like that, and it, you couldn't get offline. He just looked like he was like, like a league of his own with Jacobson. Yeah, well, Jacobson had was really fast, but obviously had those few issues where yeah, he, he had punched a few a contact. Of yeah, a few bits of contact where Brody actually just drove a, a sensible race, but was so bloody quick. So it was it was very impressive. Hmm. Brody's a big boy, isn't he? He is a, a larger, larger lad. He's um he's come back from America last year or the year before, and I think he's still some of those American pounds on him. But I mean, you know, <laughs> well done. It was great. It was just when he, he might have to up trim the, up a bit if he if wants he to. wants in the main game. He yeah. wants to get into the co-driving. You got to got to trim down. I'm like hell, but you know, doesn't matter. He seems to be driving fast enough. Yeah, exactly. Well, lift the curtain up. We're recording very late because. Eye racing. Anyway, <laughs> um, main game on the Friday rolled out and Dumbrell was goddamn quick. He actually broke the lap record on the Friday. Yeah, he did. And crazy. then I think Wincup didn't even beat it in the pack practice session. He did not. No, he, uh, Wincup, I think, beat it in the last practice session on Yeah, but Saturday, the second practice session. Qualifying. Yeah, so the first main driver one, he didn't, couldn't beat it. Yep. Yeah, no, it was very impressive. The car rolled out of the out of the truck really well for them this weekend. They were quick all weekend. They you could tell they were going to be a threat. Mm. Um, so it was good to see them be able to back that up. They didn't detune the car. Everyone comes sort of towards them a little bit, but it 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 was looking good from the get go for them. It was which um co-driver do you think did a really good job throughout the weekend? Oh look, there's probably a rather long list of them. There's a few of them that probably dropped the ball a few too many times. Um, but you're gonna. We tend to get that at Sandown. Uh, I don't know. It's probably just the the pressure, and it, it's the first enduro, and they're getting that sort of feeling Still around used someone to else's it. Most car. Most of them haven't done that much seat time. Like well, this is yeah. the most seat time they've ever had in yep. the supercar, and they're, and they're sitting in different positions to where, say, if they're a super two driver, the cars feel slightly different. They're probably sitting in slightly different positions. They're not quite as comfortable as they are in their own cars. So you're gonna get a little bit of those teething problems before we get to Bathurst. Um, but most of the good guys will have it all lined out by them. Um, it's hard to go past Umbrella, but he did that first yeah. stint where he just smashed the field. Yeah. According to Speed Cafe, everyone thinks Aaron Russell because he obviously won the super, he won the race to the grid. I, if you were to say someone I didn't expect to do as well as they did, I would agree with you. I would agree. Aaron Russell did an absolute stellar effort in that race to the grid. Uh, to win it and and drive so well, but I think cleanest over the weekend it has to be Dumbrell. Dumbrell didn't put a foot wrong. Like, it was pure classroom all weekend. That number one car on Sunday didn't have a scratch on it. No, they got out in the clean air, and that's all down to him. They got out in the clean air straight away and and just pushed away. How many from the times field. did Dumbrell have like a sixteen second lead before like a safety car, and then he's like boom straight out again. Yeah, it it was amazing. I I honestly that the pace they had, if the other three triple eight cars had been at the front of the field at the start of the race, it would have been uh you know, one of these old sort of how many laps are they gonna win by sort of thing. Yeah. They would have just pushed away from the field. They would have been half a lap ahead sort of thing by the end of the race. Um, but obviously we had safety cars which brought I it was back. very impressed with um young Will Brown. Yeah, okay, yeah. He you know, in the in the race, he actually pushed forward quite well. 
Yeah, I think he did just as good as And he also you, set Luke one of the Yildon. fastest times on, in, like, I think he top practice, the second practice session for the co-drivers. Well, I actually think he was doing as good as uh, Luke yeah. Yildon was. Yep. I think he was probably making less mistakes behind Luke. I think there was some car setup issues with Dave Reynolds' car, mm. which was probably helping. That well, Erebus looked like a handful, that number it, nine car. Yeah, it did. Um, I think they've tuned it up a bit towards the end of the race, but it, it really cost them at the start where they looked so promising from obviously starting at the pole. front of the field. Um, it did all look so good, but yeah, they kind of walked backwards from there a bit with the car that looked a bit skatey and nervous to drive at the start. He obviously, got, Luke got pretty well boxed at the start oh. as well. That was not, he got a bad Kanto. start. Like, and then, you, yeah, we watched the race up. together and you were like, Kanto is like trying to win this on the first corner. I was actually taken a bit aback by how aggressive some of the drivers were being. Obviously those opening laps, you get your easiest passes and stuff like that. Everyone's on cold tires. You can make more ground. Um, but it, it did seem like a, there was some, a little bit of desperado going on between a few of the drivers out there. Um, just trying to think like Pramat actually did a really good stint. Like he yeah, put that yeah. car up in a second for I a good chunk of the Both the Penske um, co-drivers really have to take your hat off to them as well because they did quite a good job. They moved forward in the field. Um, you could see their car pace must have been fairly similar because they, they kind of just sort of both moved up the field and then got stuck, stuck at where together, they were. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, none of not one of them could move forward. They're both like, "This is our pace. This is all we've got." Yeah. Um, who was it? Who got tangled up? The Nissan. Pith, not Pitha. Ah, Dean Fiore. He got a bit tangled up at the start of the race with was it James Courtney? Because James yeah. Courtney was the only DNF. Um, no, it was the only driver to start the main t- game driver oh, to start in the race. Yeah, sorry, yep. So he sort of, they rolled the dice because I think they started last. Were they? Yeah, or they started yeah, definitely they towards last. the back. Yeah, they were near, near the rear, but yes, mm. I agree. Um, which didn't last so long for them either with the plucking the front right wheel off the car. Yeah, that was a bit sad. Yeah, out of the race. But um, I was actually surprised how easy the wheel come off that car as well. I know yeah. you had a bit of steering lock on, but with those tethers, like some of the crashes we've seen, you know, we saw like what, been mossed it. Like in that big Bathurst crash and those wheels stayed on. Yeah. And like rollovers where you can see the car like flipping and stuff and the tires like just rotating on the end of the tether and, and they're not coming off. But it, that wheel must have really got wedged in like there. The whole just assembly the, sort of came off. Yeah. And then just the momentum of the car, I guess, kept kept going and the wheel had to stay where it was. So. Talking about assemblies, did you see the Nissans? Oh, wow. Wasn't that... That was really interesting. Yeah. Um... That was so. You should, we should probably explain what we're talking about. So you, yeah. okay, you're a bit so, more mechanical. Okay, so, so traditionally with a V8 supercar, when we do pads, a pad pit stop for a a longer enduro race like Sandown, they do. Um, not all teams do it, but majority of the teams will do one set of front pads for a a, a enduro round. Um, at Bathurst, they'll probably do it a couple of times over the over the race distance. They might eke it out to just one but majority of them will probably do two pad stops over um, front brake pads I'm talking about here, by the mm-hmm. way, um, stops for for Bathurst. And Nissan have come up with this ingenious new way of doing it. So before we used to flick open a, a caliper clip, 
we got big pliers in there and you, you have to push the pistons back and you've got to watch the other side of the car yeah. because you can, if you push your pistons back into the caliper and they've, um, you know, and then you release your, your jaws that are pushing the pistons back and pull the pads out and old mate next across the other side of the car hasn't quite got his done and then pushes the pistons back, it'll pump your pistons out and you won't get your pads back in. Then it's very hard to pump back out because the tools you're using require the pads to be in there to push yeah. it out. So it, it it is quite a, a complex little thing. It's fraught with danger with all these problems. Nissan have come up with this new way of doing it with these dry lock um, connections on the brake lines where they can have a whole caliper disc pad assembly sitting ready to go. So everything's cold, obviously. It's going to take a little bit longer to heat up versus uh, just, just changing, changing the, the pads. pads. Yeah, yep. you, you could not got a hot rotor and stuff like that. But the benefits you're going to get from this, like I don't think they talked about it at all. The over chances the weekend. of the errors are going to be reduced. Well, it's not just that you've. So what happens with? Um, well, you I won't don't know get if the you turn watched, two incident into Bathurst where you haven't pumped your brakes. Well, and it's the, but you're going to get lap time benefits. So what you see at like, mm, I don't know how observant everyone is, but if you next re eight supercar round, if you haven't already noticed this, watch on the on your longest straights. Um, when you get a, a rear view of the cars coming down the straight, you actually see them pump the brake pedal a couple of times as they go down the straight. Now, this is to to fix what they call pad knockoff. Pad knockoff is where your disc rotor, uh, because the heat range it has to go through, it gets warped and uh, basically gets a little bit not of a wobble. Dead smooth. Yeah, it's not dead. It won't run dead true. Like it's it's bloody true. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. it would shake the car to bits. But just that little millimeter that it's run, it's run out is when it's very, very hot, which it will do, it pushes the pistons back in the calipers. Now, when they go for the brake pedal at the end of the straight, the brake pedal will be really long. You tend to pinch rear brakes because the front pads won't come out and grab onto the disc as quickly. Um, so you tend to basically you, you shoot into the braking area a little bit further than you want to. Also, you tend to lock rears because you go harder on the pedal um, so all of these problems, when you put a new brake disc in, you're going to put a, a more true brake disc. So over these longer races, they will get more and more and more run out on these discs. Yeah. And so to, okay, just to make this a, another example, so big teams like Triple Eight and, and, um, DJR yep. and stuff like that, they will put brand new brake discs on for, co so they'll be roaded. So don't, don't misunderstand that but they'll be so put on the car heated put a heat through a heat cycle some of them have like a dyno at their workshop where they'll actually road pads and discs on 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 a on a, a lathe no. sort of thing but anyway they'll put them through a couple of heat cycles and then they'll make sure they still run true and they put them in the trailer for a qualifying session they will put those on the car All because right. there is actually a, a benefit out of having a good pedal that they don't have to s sort of pump the pedal up to get to the uh, to a good pedal now Obviously, when you do that halfway through a a long race, just the brake performance from the car then is going to be better. And the confidence on the brakes you're yeah. going to have. So, so what Nissan have done is they've found a way to have a whole caliper, brand new pads, and an, a rotor disc on a on a hub already set up with a dry lock brake on on the, on the brake line that they can literally undo the clip on the on the brake line, undo two bolts in the caliper, and pull the whole, whole hub off. everything off. And then bang this new one on and clip the dry lock onto the onto the onto the nipple on the other side yep. without uh, introducing any air into the system. 
So they don't have to bleed these brakes or anything. Bang two new bolts in. So it probably takes slightly longer. Not not very much longer, but slightly. But the braking performance gains they're going to get out of it. And the fact that they can't make any of these mistakes with pumping pistons back. Yeah. This is such beneficial to them. Well, it's going to be interesting because I think, believe that they've introduced a new um, requirement that you're going to have to change discs at Bathurst. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, because they were having go. issues with them the last couple of years or whatever. Yeah. So I think there's compulsory disc changes. Well, I believe it was a couple of teams last year did change discs mm. as well. So And so I think they've implemented it as it's compulsory. I don't know how many, maybe only one. But yeah, yeah there's okay. a compulsory disc change this year at Bathurst. That's going to be a game changer for Nissan. They are going to have an advantage. It's going to be interesting to see how long it takes other teams to sort of jump onto this. Maybe not... Maybe some were a bit more vigilant this year at Sandown, and they might have that by Bathurst. But others big teams might. like Triple uh, Eight, if they think they can get this system, oh, don't get me wrong, they'll be back in their factory already designing this. But whether they can get the system working properly and the crew well trained enough that they can believe, because these crews have been training all year for Bathurst, Sandown, and well, probably not Gold Coast. I don't think they go through pads, so it's just these two rounds. No, because the Gold Coast is only two hundred, two three hundred yeah, yeah. races. Yeah. So they, um, so they will definitely do uh, Bathurst and Sandown. So I don't, but they would have been practicing for these rounds the whole year, doing pad changes. Whether they think they're going to be confident enough at doing a whole caliper and disc change, I don't know. Maybe they'll try and stick with what they already what know, they know and, and what's practiced, take the, and take that risk factor out. Mm. Yeah, definitely. The last thing, especially on the biggest race of the year, you don't want to be implementing something new. Yeah, not not a few weeks out, but. If they think they can design it this week and have it already ready so that the pit crews can literally pla- just practice, practice, and practice, and practice and practice and practice. So it just becomes they can do it with their Drivers eyes. Drivers so might not be yeah. allowed to do that much practice, but I'll tell you what, the pit crews can. Yeah, exactly. Well, they that. do about 30 to 50, I think, no, maybe Formula One do uh, 30 to 40 stops, practices practice over a stops. weekend. Yeah, yep, yep. So oh, with V8 Supercars, they'll probably do five to ten minimum every morning, plus they'll do all the ones during the day every day. Yeah, if you ever so, get a chance to go to the track early, go down early and you can watch the teams practice. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is pretty cool. If you can get in the pit lane at your local track for Supercars, definitely go down and watch a few of the pit lane practices. Cars probably won't be running. They tend to push them in and out of the... Ba- like in and out of the um, pit bay, pit bay, and they'll have a crew member driving them in and out. But it is kind of cool to watch them just practice, just, and that's just getting that muscle memory. Bang, mm. choo, tire off, bang, new tire on, gun. You know, well, there's it's so much really, time really that cool. can be made up in a pit stop because when you have a bad pit stop, oh, that costs you so bad. Well, you think about it. You lose a second to a second and a half at a pit stop. How hard does the driver have to work to gain a second and a half? You chew your tires up trying to gain that. Yeah, like. It, fair enough, if you say a second and a half, that's easy versus brand new tyres versus old tyres. But you're comparing it to people that have just put on brand new tyres and did a second and a half faster pit stop. Mm. It is hard to gain that time back. It is very, very hard. You want a better car than them or better setup. You know, it's just, it's a, it's very crucial. Talking about better cars than them. Yeah, well, go the on. The Triple Eights. Yep. How much of another league were they in? Yep. This ho- round. Your homeboys over the weekend homeboy, did, yep, mate. did a good got job, a didn't they? Got a point. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, 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 tried I haven't even struggled updated. This weekend. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, I said you should have gone Shane and you would have got no, no points. points anyway. <laughs> but, you know, you would have got at least a podium point. 
Well, look, I definitely uh, we we got to lock in. We'll do it at the end of the episode, but I'll definitely go win cup for We'll flip a coin to see oh, who gets to go no, first. No, nah, no. You can have you can have choke cup at this. Yeah, I will have Shane. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, all like, Lowndes. Lowndes did fantastic. Bamba did a pretty good job in the co-driving, but he still made a few. I don't know if it was him making mistakes or if he was sort of because he you know started tenth and had a bit of a feel to walk through uh, to get through. Because he did you see where he got all in the air? We sort of got yeah. escorted off. Yeah, yeah, straight across the it's infield. Like, oh. Bang! Shane must be looking at like, don't you dare ruin that car. <laughs> it's a problem. It's like when you got the co-drivers in, you're like, ah, oh, it's like you're just you're just babysitting this seat at the moment. It is. Their 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 whole job is to just bring the car back in a competitive position and don't destroy Keep it. it straight. <laughs> That's something I think. Like we've been touched on. Like you know, Bryce and Todd, they're in probably. The slowest car. Well, development-wise, it should be the slowest. It should yeah. be. It's a VF. Yeah. Um, it's not got current Bryce updates. Bryce did a on pretty good job, to be honest. You know, in I the co-driving session, they both session. did a, a really good job. I think Bryce was doing an excellent job. He was hanging with all the other co-drivers in a slower car, right up, um, right up the bo- behind of uh, a lot of them, and faster than a few. So that was good. Yeah, I think they, they I think finished twenty-first overall. Um, I think a couple of laps down, but I mean, to be honest, I think everyone from 12th down finished a lap down at least. Yeah, well, you you looked at it that um, Wing Cup and Wing Cup almost were basically lapping everyone on after their There was stop. a point there where like Lowndes was in third and Wing Cup is behind Lowndes in first and you're like, oh my God, he's about to lap the whole field. Yeah. Obviously, that was before the pit stops, but still. Yeah, no, that was, uh, it was a still effort by them. Like you were touching on, Triple Eight were pretty much untouchable this weekend. They yeah. had the car set up for the race, perfect because two of their cars moved from rear rearward in the in the field. Obviously, Wing Cup started off the front row. Well, Dumbrell did, but um, the the other two had to come from a, a, a well Shane especially a long way back. I was really impressed with Richo too. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping back, but I think no, he I did agree. a fantastic job to get that car up into second in during his stint. And yeah, I was yeah, like, great. we were looking at, like, I remember saying to you about, uh, just before the co-drivers finished, I'm like, holy crap, like, Lowndes is generally in second now, or the Triple Eight car is generally in second. Could, you know, I didn't think he'd go for a win, but I was hoping he was going to hold on for second. Yeah, well, it did, it was a very dominant move forward from them. And it, it's one of those races, it only takes a safety car in the wrong spot or whatnot. Wind Cup and Dumbrell actually got lucky both times with the safety cars. They'd hang out and they hadn't pitted and then come in when the safety car, just after everyone else had pitted. Yeah. So they got gains, not necessarily gains because they're already the out field of the field. But, up, but they could easily get their pit stops done nice and easy. Yeah, n- just breathe calmly, do these big pit stops. If they wanted to make any changes to the car, they could. They didn't actually make no, a No, I don't change. think they touched that car. Yep. And if they, dri- if they went to touch the car, I'm pretty sure the drivers would be like, the hell are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. you touch this thing? This thing so, is a rocket. But yeah, that they they got they did get lucky. But it was nothing for that to go the other way. Yeah, it could have it could have uh, it could have gone wrong for them at one stage, and it could have quite easily handed the race to Lounge or or Shane. I think. Have you seen all the comments online, which is pretty much just going, "What's happened to Shell? How yeah. is Deep Triple Eight? You know, so much quicker." 
has Ludo finally run out of his Triple H tricks? It, it, it's hard to say, isn't it? I think Triple H have definitely come forward in their development lately. I think they've put a few things on their car. I think it was a test session about a month and a half ago, two months ago, that they did, and they were saying that they were happy with how the cars basically had handled at that session and they'd moved move forward with the car. Um, but I don't know what's going on with them, with uh, DJ Penske. Are they like, worried? Are they doing too much work on the Mustang? Well, it's possibly that. Then they're, they're probably not developing this car at all at the moment and they're really, really focusing on next year. Um but it's it's strange because there's been a couple of little things, see, you know, bits where cars are not exactly right, where rules have been broken. Oh, we didn't a touch few on times that. this year now. I was talking about that on the weekend. You're like, now, now, now. It's not intentional. Well, the, the look, the drivetrain one, they didn't get a benefit out of it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it wasn't intentional. It doesn't to mean they didn't get cost them $30,000. Yes, yep. So they 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 basically had had the wrong they had what supercars call a drop gear in it, but is that basically the final ratio was more than one to one. Um, they basically what they, basically, they released they, they said they each. lost they lost um, time down the straights by accidentally having this. And this that was only in the qualifying session. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't in the race. They worked out that after the race, but. It's a bit like that one where they had Fabian Coulthard's like, oh, sorry, we've got a little bit too much wing on here. Yeah, and I don't understand how they could accidentally put the angle of the wing wrong. Like, why would you set the car up to be able to do that? Yeah, because it's also only got, like, designated spots. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand it. Anyway, so... A little bit of amateurs. They've had a couple of rule um, breakages this year. Nothing unusual. Triple Eight's had them in the past. They've done them when they've been pushing for championships and stuff like that. They will interpret rules to their nth degree and mm. think that they're in the greyish area, maybe yeah. not in the black. Well, rules aren't there to tell you out. what you can't uh, can do. They tell you that what you can't do. So yeah. you got to work your way around the rules. Yeah. So that, that's I think that's something that's been they've been trying to do, and maybe they've been started to get focused on after they found out that they broke a couple of rules and maybe they've pulled some stuff out of the car. I don't know. That could be, could be, but it just seems that you they've lost a me. bit of pace. Yeah, they, they have lost a lot of pace. Um, I mean, there was a lot of the races, a 500k race. Obviously, a lot happened, but really, it was a Triple H show with that one, two, three. Were you disappointed that they didn't do a formation finish? Or I do you think Wincup might have overheated his car waiting so long for everyone else to catch up? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he pretty much could have parked it on the on the straight and started doing burnouts. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll do burnout from like turn 11 or what is it, 12, whatever the last one is. Um, I was I was extremely disappointed. I, you were, you were like, I they're going to do a big formation finish. And you're like, it, yeah, but then it, Shane's just going to go, vroom, 300 <laughs> points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, I really, I really wanted it. It was a pretty it special moment. It would have looked moment. good on TV, but First, I think there was one, sort two, of too much traffic. Enduro. Yeah, I just think it, the traffic shouldn't have been a problem. He could have just pulled over and let it through. There was a big gap. 23 seconds before um, McLaughlin. Yeah, there was a huge gap. I, I think it would have been hard to manage, but I think they should have at least tried to manage it close, like get him close to him. Yeah. I know they did a bit of a, a roll around with the two um, Red Bull Red cars. Red Bull cars. Yeah, I think they should have had Lounsey too. He's still yeah, a triple eight so. car. I think they should I have. saw the photos of everyone, like the whole team. Yeah. That was pretty good. And like everyone was ecstatic. It's a huge achievement. It is an absolutely 
still a weekend for them. Gave me a point. It Very did. happy. Yeah. Um, so, also in Supercar News, we didn't really touch on this start. It has come out that Simona Di Salvestri will not be going to Triple Eight. Thank God for that. You sound a little relieved with that. I am relieved because you know what? <laughs> I still don't... If she was going to be super quick, she should be up racing with Rick Kelly. I gave her a chance. I did. If you go back and listen to the early episodes of this show, I was like, she'll be good. She'll be good. She has not. Now, it's also looking like maybe Triple Eight are going to run two cars. And I was only just thinking before, I'm like, you know what? This third car thing is actually pretty good for Roland if he wants to push Shell further down the pit lane. And it allows them to always have a clear garage run. It does, doesn't it? It is an actual, there is a benefit to it. Because you look at it every time Shell come into pit, Triple Eight will not let them run through their drive, their, their pit boom. Mm. But you got Lounsey behind you and Techno. Roland's like, bloody, you clear that way. You, you know, lay out the red carpet, we're coming through. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. I think you've got a very valid point. I didn't think even think about them being able to control that second boom. Um, yeah, it's a valid point, very valid point. That, like we were talking about on the weekend when we we're watching the race, the rumours are that obviously with the, the Kostecki's want to join the main game, that maybe they'll be teaming with some sort of team with with Triple Eight. Mm. So that'll be interesting. We we'll get see Matt how Stone. Close maybe they, they could take over Techno and. Bump all the way up to the pit lane. Well, there was also the fact that Matt Stone is going to be running a, a customer deal. Customer, yeah, customer deal, and he's going to be very. He's basically going to be doing exactly what Techno's doing at the moment. Mm. So maybe they will go in there. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see. But I just think that would be a you know. Is it worth the money to run an extra car just to have that extra pit boom? I don't know if look, because see, Lounsey pretty much runs himself and no like. I think running the Lounsey car doesn't cost Roland anything. I'd say I'd say it earns money. Lounsey yeah. racing. Um, Where if you you know that's probably one of the reasons because Roland did come out and say it's a business decision. Triple Eight is a business. It's not a hobby. Yeah, it's not. It's not their just feeling. To, yeah, it's there to make money. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, the drivers are good enough soon. anyway to pull in, but you know you got that extra. Oh, you can be square in your box and stuff like that. When you can have a couple of pit bay lead into your into your into the box, you can be really really square, which helps the crew be faster, which helps with you know times. Especially like some some um, tracks where the pit bays are really spread out and they're really big, it doesn't matter at all. Mm. Some places like where it's really, really you got heaps of space. Yeah, yeah, but like Pukakoi and stuff like that, where it's a bit smaller. You, you really need it to get it right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that second boom. But I guess if trip, if um, DJR moved down, then they're probably going to be next to uh, ProDrive or Tickford. Yeah, yep. and it'll be interesting to see how that relationship is as well. Well, they're, they're buddy buddies now. They're developing that Mustang. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, that supercar's pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, done enough? All right. Formula One, mate. Formula One. We've already touched on your favourite circuit. Yes. Um, qualifying. We were racing. 
<laughs> we were. I was. It was very hard to watch and and race at the same time. Yeah, well, I've got a screen <laughs> strapped to my face, so I can't see anything when we're doing the uh, racing. Uh, I was. I could. I had the. I had it playing, so I could listen, and it was sitting side by side with my screen. But yes, <laughs> quite interesting. Uh, uh, we did. We did. We, we did pull off, but for we did. We did Q three. We're like, nah, nah, nah. We got to stop this racing. It's getting pretty late, <laughs> and we need to um. We need to watch the racing, otherwise we're not going to know what's going on. <laughs> um, Formula One has changed the website. It has. It's it's better. I like it. Oh, that's the same. Okay. That's the same. That's <laughs> the same. That's the thing we know and love. Well, qualifying really was all down to Q3, where Hamilton pulled this goddamn good lap out of his ass. It, it was. It was. It was quite interesting watching. The the big thing I basically took away from Q1 and 2 was I thought Daniel Ricciardo was going to get pole and then Q2 was I was like quick. oh he's a bit off he hasn't had a good lap and then Q3 I'm like what happened to Daniel Ricciardo? <laughs> yeah well he wasn't super happy over his qualifying. No he, he basically said they would need to work out what happened because he wasn't getting any benefit of the track getting green uh, uh, sorry going getting rubbering in. and yeah and he's like I don't know why I was not getting faster he's like the car feels relatively good um, and he's like, you know, at the start of the session, we looked like we were going to smash it, but mm, it just didn't come to him, unfortunately. Now, was Max suffering from those false neutrals during qualifying as well, or was it, it the was, race? It was. It was. Um, it was something he'd, he'd suffered from. I think it was the last practice, and then it, it got worse through the weekend. Now, the false neutrals—that's it, basically. Clutch dropping, slipping, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, he was having talk. Um, dropouts as well, so we, the car would just sort of lose momentum. Because in the race, he really started out of that pit. Yeah, yeah. Even you could see him. He like pulled second gear to try and get it to pull away more, and then had to go back to first. Uh, and that's what he was having dramas with the whole weekend. They reckon it was costing him probably a couple tenths a lap, even in qualifying. And that's how fast he went. Yeah, well, he did a pretty good job to you know get within three tenths of Hamilton's lap, which, to be honest. You give Hamilton another car, go go do that again. I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah, well, he obviously went out for his second. Three time seconds Q3. quicker than last year's pole. I know the cars are quicker, but on uh, the Formula One on the YouTube channel, they put up last year's like Vettel's last year's pole. Yeah, and Hamilton's pole side by side from the start. <laughs> it's just like you look at it going, Vettel, why are you breaking so like you know? Yeah, why can't you be this quick? It was ridiculous. That was a great lap. Not a Hamilton fan respect that lap yeah that it was it was an uh, absolutely stunning lap same with max's was a bit the same actually it was a, a very 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 good lap uh a little disappointing with ferrari and um and well basically with sebastian valtteri uh, kimmy and daniel's laps they they all looked so close earlier in the in the meeting and then just sort of drifted apart as it as the qualifying session went on I thought their second runs. No, I don't think anyone went quicker except for Max on his second run. Um, yeah, I don't know actually. I can't remember now. I remember it was very close with the both the Ferraris in the start of their second run went uh, faster than uh, Lewis in their first two session sections. sectors. Yeah, uh, and then they dropped away in the third. Um, it, yeah, it's interesting to say. I, I can't remember now. I can't recall. Well. When the, we got to the Sunday and the race was starting, one, I missed like, well, I woke up to the 
Ocon Perez incident because <laughs> we've been drinking all day. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's a problem with these like enduro races. You're like, well, yeah, you cracked a beer at ten o'clock in the morning to watch the supercars. <laughs> didn't you have a beer not in my hand all day until <laughs> the evening. Um, well, you didn't miss much, did you? No, I woke you up because everything was going on. I was like, oh god, and then I saw the replay. I was like, oh, okay, yep, I got up to that bit. Yeah, you literally like, like three, three, three corners into a race. That's not bad. Um. Yeah, no, that was obviously the highlight of the start of the race was the, the incident between the teammates once again. Yes. Well, they're not allowed to race each other anymore. No, they they basically had their racing rights removed already before um, last year. Then they were allowed to race each other in the first lap, but they weren't allowed to race each other after that, and it got removed as well last year. And now it looks like they're back to hard, hard no. Hard no racing. Now, who was at fault? Oh, well, I've to say 100% Perez, but uh, what's your view on the situation? Yeah, Perez probably could have given more room, but it was a weird spot for Ocon to put his car. Yeah, I I agree that it's a weird spot, but it is the start of a race and everyone's scrambling you've got to around. Expect yeah, for that. And you've really got to ex- you've really got to expect it. Look at Kimi a couple of years ago going around the outside of everyone into turn one. Look like a hero. Yeah. Was it Kimi or Alonso? Alonso, sorry. Two years ago, he went around the outside oh, of everyone yeah. into turn I was going to say, last year, he did go, he had a flying start, but then he got collected by, yeah, by the, the carnage incident. that yeah. happened. The so, incident, we should call it. Yeah, the incident. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, so that was that was pretty interesting. So, you know, you really got to be watching your mirrors like a hawk at the start of the race. He, he really probably should have given a little bit more room. Yes, well... It's unfortunate because Ocon pretty much started this year with never, DNF like no, no DNFs at all. And then to have now like three or four DNFs on the first lap. Yeah. Uh, and he's trying to prove himself. He's trying to like, look, I'm out. I'm this good. I, I look, I, I don't think you can blame Ocon because I think you put any of those drivers in the same position. They, they probably would have gone put, for it. Yeah, they probably all would have gone for that gap. The move um, was on. Yep. They all balked in front of him. They were all following the leader. There was a gap beside him. He could quite easily fit in there. And he probably expected his teammate to give him room. His teammate did not. Uh, and he made he quite heavy contact with the wall and mm. ended his race. And obviously probably compromised Perez's race with a bit of damage on the side pot and floor. Perez compromised his own race later on. Now, yeah. that incident brought out what well, should have been driver of the day, um, <laughs> Sorokon, because he got caught with a, was it like a rim lip or something on the front of his wing? Yeah, so when, Pere- uh, I was about to say Perez hit the wall, when Ocon hit the wall, uh, it shattered his his rims, both for the, the, the right rims when mm-hmm. he hit the wall, and the outside ring of one of those rims. Caught on the front wing stayed as a of ring. Sergio's car. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was very odd. Like we're like, what is that? Like, okay, and then um, obviously forced to pit. Yep, lap one, chucked a set of softs on, which yep. I think they could have gone to the end. They were the hardest compound. Yeah, they they did say that they could maybe go get to the, the end. majority of the laps in on them. And then he did a driver of the day performance. Yeah, well, you could he say almost that. he almost won driver of the day. I think he lost by like two percent or one percent of the vote. <laughs> 
Uh, I did see some funny memes about it, actually. He was fighting for position, mate. He's allowed to hold. <laughs> He's allowed to, like, just park that car in the middle. Now, look, when Perez was getting on the radio and saying, you know, we need to get Charlie involved, was Perez just a little bit being an angry Mexican? Oh, look, I think at that stage it was hard to say because I think there might have been stuff happening that we weren't seeing on the television. And then when he complained about it, 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 sto- it seemed to stop happening. It's like maybe there was a warning. Because it sounded like when he first said it was, this guy's blocking. Yeah. And then Not you look that at it, he was like... just driving his own race. And yeah, fair enough. He was slow into braking areas and that. But that's that's his right. Like the, their car is slow. He was on a different you know, compound. He was on a different race strategy. He was still that's driving life. about the same race pace as what um, Stroll, Stroll was, was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So and he I, wasn't like... You know, and that's just life, unfortunately, for Perez. And Perez was steaming, obviously, after the first lap incident and having the problems there. But he was absolutely like just he was not happy and upset. he was angry. And then he made a silly mistake. Um, he did. Well, was it a mistake? Or I obviously it was a mistake to do it, but I don't know if you'd frame it as a mistake. He, no. he, he was a bit childish. And deliberately, when he got up beside Sergey, he he turned, turned left quite hard into him, and, and they they had a coming together. And crash. I thought he was going to be done. I was surprised he wasn't because there was more damage again on the car. Yeah, and like there was a lot of parts that fell off that car. I was like, oh god, there you go, Force India double DNF. That's not what they need. No, just where did he finish? Out of the points. I Out believe. of the points. Yep. So yeah, down in. Uh, 12th. No. <coughs> 16th. 16th, right? Yeah. So, you get no points. So, I was hoping for a double points finish for Force India to help move well, up the, in the... They were the fastest of the rest in qualifying, mm. which was something we probably didn't cover, which was a bit of a surprise for everyone. Um, Yeah, it, it is a real... I don't know. I don't, I don't understand that. Everyone talks about the red mist with Vettel, but it obviously looks like Perez gets it as well. Now, if you flash back to... A, He's got a bit of a history with it as well because he did it with Button. He's now done it with Ocon. The only driver I've seen him not really get this red mess with was Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. That's because Hulkenberg was so far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Perez actually got on the podium a couple of times when he was partnered with Hulkenberg. Yeah. And Hulkenberg never yeah. did. I mean, poor Hulkenberg. He's never getting on the podium. <laughs> no, poor bloke's got a curse. Yeah, he's just, I bet, at least he's not like finishing fourth all the time. Could you imagine that? Oh, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Hopefully, uh, Renault with him and uh, Daniel Ricciardo can move their car forward and maybe he can get a podium next year. Maybe, maybe, maybe he can get all those seconds and Ricciardo can get all the firsts. Yeah, okay. I'm not not hoping for that next I mean, I can hope that all I want for next year, but uh, yeah, I don't it's think not that's happening. happening. <laughs> I'm not going to put any money on it, that's no, for sure. No, definitely not. Did you know that this was the second Formula One race in history that the top six drivers finished in the same six position or that they started know. it? I did not know until you told me that. Do you know the other race, the first race in history? I'm guessing it's Monaco. Yeah. Do you know what year? 19... 2018. Really? Yep. That long? Yeah. Because the cars are a lot more reliable these days. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Before, back in the day, the car would probably shit itself. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The odd car. The odd car would at least crap, crap out. Yeah. 
But no, um, second race in history that the Formula One drivers all started in the same position and then finished in the same position. So it really makes the race a bit like a uh, procession. Yeah. Uh, it was a Except little bit Except for driver of the day, Sorokon, that really made it interesting at that point where he was holding up the whole field. No, that wasn't Sorokon? Oh, that was um, Grosjean and... Uh, no, that was... Um, Sergei. Yeah, Sergei and, and Grosjean. And Grosjean yeah. battling. Now, do you think Max was right? Because Max has come out and said that he felt it would be wrong to capitalise on that incident. Um... <laughs> he said it, it wasn't is, wouldn't be fair. He said he wasn't going to do it because it wouldn't be fair, yeah, and it, it's wrong. But he did kind of look like he tried to go around the outside and Hamilton blocked mm. him. <laughs> yeah, yep, sorry, all I got a mouthful of beer. Yeah. Yes, all, yes. All good and well to say that. It's all good to look at when, when you he didn't make, he the, didn't pass. make the pass. <laughs> but if he made that pass, it's like, it's racing. <laughs> it's like, yes, it, it was an interesting statement when I read that one. I was like, oh. I kind of recall you kind of look like you were going to go around the outside of him and then Hamilton he Hamilton really left. went defensive through there. I, I watched a video of Hamilton after the race and he's, they're all buggered after this race. I've not it's seen It's the longest the race. It's the hottest race. And because they're three seconds a lap faster now, the G's more. on the drivers were huge. So it's the hardest race that any F1 driver's probably ever done. Now... He was sitting down, I think it was in the, the kitchen of Mercedes, like you can hear the plates and stuff going off everywhere and he's just sitting on a, like a box and he's got his like hands on his face and whatnot and he's talking about the race and he's like, oh, so hard, it's so hard and he's like, and then Max went to go around the outside of me when Grosjean blocked me and I was like, nah, brah, nah, brah, not today, brah. <laughs> like... It's pretty much what it looked like. He's yeah, like, he's I like, think I screamed it in my helmet. Nah, bruh. <laughs> I'm like, well, like, I am not losing like the race here because he had like a three-second lead up until that point. <laughs> it, it did kind of look like it, but you it was said to me on the Sunday that no, I don't think Hamilton's got the pace to match it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna not gonna listen to any Mercedes lies anymore. Uh, well, I'm picking Hamilton for the next round. <laughs> <laughs> well. uh... My picks haven't been going that great lately, so probably don't trust my my. No, views no, and you know what? There. Every time I did pick Hamilton, he never won. So, <laughs> and if, if there is still a chance for Vettel to win this championship, yeah, it's called someone takes Hamilton out a couple. No, of no, times. no. <laughs> if Vettel wins every race and Hamilton oh, finishes second, yes, he can. Vettel will win the championship by two points. Yes, mathematically, he can still. That's more unlikely, but... Except you look at, what, the US Grand Prix, that's pretty much going to be a Mercedes win. Oh, it's a bit different now, I guess. It's a long track. It's got long sweeping corners, which definitely suit the Mercedes, but with the power and stuff of the of the Ferrari, those long sweeping corners mean they Ferrari can be harder on the way. Do you think it's interesting that, that Vettel is now sort of trying to manage his own race himself? And he's oh, very critical of the team. But he never did that in Red Bull. <coughs> Red Bull, all he had to do was worry about driving. Do you think it's just Ferrari just don't know how to do good strategy anymore? Um, I think it can be detrimental to them, actually, with him doing like both jobs. Um, I think it's hard that... Uh, there's definitely probably a trust issue there. He doesn't just 100% trust what they're doing, which is something that probably needs to change. They probably need a new strategist or something because... 
it, it, there is definitely a problem there because he second guesses a lot of Everything. the things that's happening on the on. on why do we put here? Day. Why do we put like? Why do they put those ultra soft tires on there? We're never going to coach Mercedes into that. It was silly, and and like a lot of rumors are coming out that Sebastian's very angry at the the team because basically they think the team misunderstood. So that, yeah, in the race, the team come over the radio and said, oh, Hamilton's tires are not good, and they're running. He, he's not. They're not going very well." But Hamilton had just literally come over his radio, radio and said, the tyres feel really good. Yeah. But they think that Ferrari, the rumours are Ferrari misunderstood that as he legitimate, they legitimately thought that he said that they were not good. And that's why they pitted him because he started so to push on his tyres. Yeah, so <laughs> he started to push, like Hamilton started to push on his tyres and they're going, oh, he can only do that for one lap. Next lap, they'll fall over and we'll just scream past him like when we do an undercut and then, you know, once you're, it's, so Singapore is very similar to Monaco, you know, once you've got that advantage of being in front in a one-stop race, you can use those ultra softs to eke out two really good laps, get the track position and then just coast to the end of the race and make them last. doesn't matter if you're a second and a half slower than Hamilton behind you. Mm. He will not pass. Yeah. But I think Perez really didn't help Vettel's case. No, no, Perez, Perez's incidents um, probably didn't help and Ruined coming out behind um, Perez as well. That was probably a little bit of a silly strategic move because he did catch him quite quickly. Um, but it's just one of those things, I guess. It's what, what did they say about the ultrasofts? No, the hypersofts, last five laps. Five laps and Daniel Ricciardo did 27. <laughs> half the race on him. Yeah, I know. Um, I was really excited when he did that long stint. I was like, good. You're going to have the freshest tyres just blast through the field, boy. Yeah, and it just never happened, did it? No. He looked, and, and once again, it showed. this comes down to what we were talking about. Uh, so at the end of the race, Daniel kept going up to the back of Kimi Raikkonen, and Kimi Raikkonen got stuck behind Valtteri Bottas. But Daniel was on much newer tyres, and Daniel would literally go back three seconds and within a lap catch back up them. there again, yeah. Because he had let his car cool down and his tires cool down, and then the next lap he'd turn it back up to qualifying mode and and, and have a crack, but he just couldn't, he, with the lack of downforce he couldn't have a crack. So it's just a real, real shame. So hopefully next year's um, updates to the cars with the, the, the hope Renault would get the latest ones. What's that? You know, the latest motors, like the best spec. Oh, well, next year, yeah, they definitely will. At the moment, they're not using them because they they are in a title fight at the moment and they don't want to compromise by starting last because they don't have the raw pace of uh, Red Bull Mercedes at the moment the can Ferraris. afford it. Mm. Red Bull can afford to ha do what they're doing because they're not in a title fight with Max anyone. Max is taking an engine penalty next round. Yeah, because they're not in a title fight with anyone. Mm. So Red Bull is comfortably in third position in the constructor and drivers. Uh, sorry, in constructor in like fourth position and I think it was the drivers. Um, and it and it's just literally how it is. They, it doesn't matter if they take penalties, it won't change anything. So, so you're looking at your I'm just bringing standings. out the driver standings. He's um, comfortably fifth. in fifth and sixth. Fifth and sixth, there you go. Uh, they, they, they're probably not going to get fourth and they're, they're obviously, you know... They're, they're the not going to fall fourth down in the championship, the driver's stand, the constructors yeah, so anyway. It, it doesn't really matter whether they take engine penalties or not. They're, they're, they they're comfortable where they are. Like 
they're on 274 points. Ferrari's on 415, and then Renault's on 91. Yeah. They could just not rock up to the next couple of races and still finish third. Yeah, exactly. So, But Renault can't afford it at the moment. They're in a tight battle with um, Haas. So yep. they, if they take engine penalties at tracks like this weekend where they thought they, they could bag a fairly good amount of points, um, it would be very detrimental. So Hassel might move up. Uh, sorry, Hass, so Renault might move up um, to the new C-spec engine, but they, they don't want to risk it. We are heading to Russia next in nine days of recording. So not next week, week after. Who's your pick? Russian Grand Prix. I've been picking Vettel for a long time. Do you want now. me to bring up the results from last year, or does that not matter? No, bring him up. Listen, it would be interesting to see. I don't think Red Bull do well there. All right, last year, Valtteri Bottas won the race, and Sebastian Vettel comes second, Kimi Rackett third. We didn't even touch on where Kimi's going next year. We haven't, have we? In, that should have been in the news. That should have been in the news. You know what? It was so long ago that it's not in the news anymore. <laughs> it's a problem we had like a week off. It is, it is. So Kimi Raikkonen is going to Sauber and um, Charles Leclerc's Leclerc. going to Ferrari. There you go. That's the news. Yeah. you surprised at the two-year deal? For Leclerc? Or no. For, for Raikkonen? I don't even know what the deal Leclerc's got because on the Ferrari website it just says Charles Leclerc will drive for Ferrari. Um, I was surprised in general that he went. Honestly, I thought he could just quite easily retire now and enjoy his millions of dollars pounds, euros, whatever he gets paid in um, for the rest of his life. He could quite comfortably live the rest of his life now. Uh, I, I don't know. He must still really love racing. So good on him. He's he's stayed in a team that's powered by Ferrari. Yeah, and he, I think he can Salvo help. might get a good deal out of it. I think he can obviously help that team move forward as well, development-wise. He's good head on his shoulders. He's doing Ricardo. I want to develop the car. Maybe he maybe he wants to win another championship. Maybe he thinks Sauber's going to be really competitive. Like maybe he can't win a championship when he's with yeah Ferrari. number two driver. So no, he's he going somewhere to be a number one. Uh, anyway, so you guys probably all know about that news. So back <laughs> to last year's <laughs> Russian Grand Prix. Well, that's interesting to see that it's a Mercedes Ferrari Ferrari Mercedes. Um, I can't recall what happened to Hamilton at that race. Mate, I can't recall what happened at the start of the Ferrari. No, <laughs> the start of any race. Um. Okay. Uh. Who do you, who are you gonna go? You're gonna go Hamilton, weren't you? I am going to go Hamilton because every time I pick him, he loses. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't give me much choice. Ferrari won't let Kimi win, and Bottas is useless. So <laughs> let's go, Going Sebastian. Sebastian again. <laughs> All right. Well, Bottas isn't useless. He won last year. He he did, and he should have won Austria if his engine didn't crap out. Yeah, and he, he probably could have been more competitive at other races this year if he was better. <laughs> His are teammates... Saying, are you saying they should get the rid of Bottas next year and put Ocon in? I, yeah, I'd definitely be for that. Yeah, for sure. Send Bottas back to Williams. But they don't want to put their uh, lovely Hamilton under too much pressure. They don't want to make it a bad How many working more years do you reckon Hamilton's got left? He's pretty old. I don't know. He he kind of next year he says I think he, he doesn't might, think oh, about no. the numbers, but I well, think he definitely start wants to. about the thirty-nine years old. No, he's not thirty-nine. How old is he? He's like thirty-four, thirty-five. Nah, Hamilton must be like thirty-six. Maybe thirty-three. There you go. He's ancient. He is ancient, isn't he? He's he's a couple of years Salary, older than us. Salary forty million pounds. <laughs> 
Yes, plus endorsements, plus everything else. He has like a 40-something million pound jet. Yeah, yeah, he's got a private jet that is is his. What happened to his rap album? Um, I don't know what happened to it. I never listened to it. I wouldn't listen to it even if it was good. <laughs> oh, God, don't be bitter. <laughs> no, no, not in that. I just oh, don't not like even that, rap. he says. Oh, uh, sure. Not, not. So, what about Bliss and Esso or. Aussie hip hop's fine. <laughs> Aussie hip hop is good. All right, all right. American hip hop is not. He's British, Yankee but I can't even stand that. All right. All right. Well, I'll take your word we're going to we're going to wrap this up because we're just rambling now. Well, yep, obviously Sebastian. Sebastian for me. Mattel for you. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton for me. We get to decide Bathurst after that. Yep. Um Bathurst is going to be a double header. I know it's always a very hard one obviously. In Japan, too. Yeah. So hopefully no typhoons. Yeah, well, there's big typhoons at the moment everywhere. Mm, yeah, there's plenty of weather going around the world. Hopefully everyone's going to be all right. I'm sure yeah, there's, a, there's already been down, a few stay deaths. Safe. Shoot, um, there's like 68 in that yeah, one. It's yeah. pretty bad. It is. It's so not thoughts good. thoughts and prayers to everyone out there. And um, let's hope these bastards stop putting bloody needles in strawberries. Yeah, that's actually... That's that's a mood changer, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I was actually watching a video today of like literally tipper trucks that would be working on like a, a work site For tipping fruit. out like perfect strawberries in huge piles it's stupid it's one farmer's like I, he's like you can't sell all these produce you know what you know what the, you know what the farmers are doing now they're putting metal detectors on their conveyor belts <sighs> unbelievable isn't it if you guys don't know if you're from overseas or you know, we've got a crisis we've got a crisis in australia where people are goddamn putting sewing needles in our fruit yep. um and everyone's like, think of the children. Children have almost bitten into this three strawberries. I'm like, you know what? I don't care if it's a child or me. If you bite into a strawberry with a sewing needle in it, it's going to bloody hurt. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's despicable. So we're going to leave you on that note. So <laughs> <laughs> We're a little bit light. We laughed at the end of it. So it's yeah. all good. Okay. Remember, um, if you have anything you want to add, write in uh, breaking late at gmail.com you can hit up our website breakinglate.com or you can go to our facebook facebook.com forward slash breakinglate we do have stubby callers available we haven't plugged that all episode now to get an hour into the episode before i started plugging some stuff um if you would like to support the show we've have stubby callers available they're ten dollars a stubby caller unfortunately i can't offer free shipping because goddamn shipping is expensive um but it's pretty much Buy two stubby callers and the shipping's the same price because that's what we can fit in one of those airbags. If you don't like it, when you're behind a postie, give them a bit of bump and run. So it's a <laughs> We don't condone problems. that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our fault. It's the postie's fault. So, yeah, if you do hit us up on Facebook, we'll organize it. I might try and set up a sales page on our website. I don't know how to do that. We'll <laughs> so work it out. We'll work it out. But anyway, if you have anything, write us in. Um Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you guys in a fortnight after the Russian Grand Prix. See ya. Bye.